Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Well, welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. Today, we finally are at episode 69. So you know what that means. We are going to have some fun today. We have Toverlin, a.k.a. the Sex God. Back with us for episode 69, which is very fitting because he's hilarious, for one. Two, it's just a really fun conversation. We have good banter. So, of course, when you're talking about such a serious topic as 69, you need someone to lighten up the conversation. Otherwise, it could get a little bit too heavy. (laughs) Anyways, this is a fun, fun conversation, but also very informative for those of you who are in the lifestyle and have questions on how to deal with things and how to navigate, how to have conversations with your partner, how to operate as a solo uh, potential unicorn or how not to be a unicorn hunter, for example. We cover a lot of things in this very long two-hour conversation. I figure it's okay for episode 69 because it's kind of a special episode, special number for, you know, a sex-positive type people. So I'm just going to leave it. I'm not going to make it a two-part. So you can press pause if you don't have time to listen to the full two hours. But I promise you it's worth it. There's a lot of juicy stuff. Uh, You might learn more about me than um, maybe you should. I don't know. But there it is. If you want to know more about me, more about my preferences and things, then, you know, have a listen to this podcast. We talk about... Is it really about sex? Is the lifestyle really about sex? Or is it really only about sex? Or is it as much about sex as what we think? Most of us have found that that is not necessarily the case. So I want to know if you agree with this have a listen and let me know if this has been some of your experiences or if you found this helpful, if you have learned something amongst our jokes and our fun as we discuss 69, the lifestyle, polyamory, perhaps other things. There might be talk about boobs or other sex positions, but 
I can guarantee that it is fun. We also answer some of your questions. I was really surprised at how many questions were not sent in. But we did, if you sent in your questions and wrote them down on the Facebook page or in one of the groups where I asked, then we did ask your question and answered it. So have a listen to that if you were one of those people. Then yeah, we definitely had a Q&A. We talked about compersion conversations, which Topher Lynn has authored, and we discuss how to use that with your partner, with a group, and it's really just, it's a way to bring awareness to things that you might not have thought about to talk about. I also talked about the importance of giving space for fantasy and talking about desire and how things make you feel and and having a container of safety for having discussions before you ask a question and quote unquote get permission or set your boundaries. Those have to be two different conversations. So have a listen to that because I think that's a very helpful conversation. I'm not sure what else to draw your attention to at the moment, but I think that you will be surprised at how much great information is in this podcast episode. I was quite pleased that we actually sort of kept on track and it wasn't just all silly games. Uh, We had a lot of fun recording it. I was up very late last night editing, so I'm hoping that it all goes well. But you know what? We're all about authenticity here, so you get what you get. I am very proud of this episode. It has been a very, very busy holiday and past week. It's been insane. So I am proud that we did get this done. And here is episode 69. Do you feel like you've been sold a fairy tale when it comes to sex and love? Why isn't it working? Why am I not fulfilled or satisfied? Why do I have a deep longing for more? Maybe you've had some of these thoughts. Did you know it's not your fault? That's right. You've been brainwashed since childhood with disempowering beliefs about sex and relationships. This is known as the mono mindset. If you're tired of feeling stuck, you're ready for Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program where you will learn how the mono mindset has set you up for failure in relationships, why you think of sex as wrong or taboo, why you judge yourself. You will finally learn how to have empowered relationships with confidence and success. Many of my clients have said, Corrine, I didn't know I had choices. I thought I needed a partner to feel complete. I thought I was supposed to suppress my desires to have a successful relationship. What if you could learn to love yourself and your desires without guilt? Well, you can. With Breaking Free from Conformity, the eight-week program, shifting the subconscious programming that is keeping you stuck. It's not your fault. You weren't given a choice. It's time to break free and start living your life. To register, go to offers.kareenbedard.com forward slash BFFC for breaking free from conformity. I can't wait for you to find ultimate freedom and create an empowered relationship for yourself. 
please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Well, hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Breaking Free Authentically. It is 2024, and this is episode 69, the episode you've all been waiting for. Well, at least the episode I've been waiting for. (laughs) And my guest today is Mr. Topher Lynn from Canadian Elephants. Welcome back. Hi. Tover, I can't imagine doing this with anybody else because um, you are the sex god. You know what? You are the only person I would 69 with. <laughs> That's a total, total lie. But thank Today. you. I will Today. take <laughs> I am setting my limits. You were the only person I would 69 with today. <laughs> well, good. Good to know. Good to know. Um because yeah, I mean, these are important, important questions. So, Chris, welcome back. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you would 69 me today. Yep, you're you're actually top three on my list today. And <laughs> but you know what? The other two, no, I, I've put them aside. Oh, just just you, just you today. I appreciate just me. It. I mean, it's too just bad we're like what. Two hours away, three hours. Yeah, other than other than that, this would have been very successful. Sixty nine. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a little hard to do over Zoom, isn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> not nearly as satisfying. But we'll we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. <laughs> now we did we did try everyone. We tried to do this episode like in person, and there were talks about doing this episode naked. And we could do naked on Zoom. It's just not quite the same because, like, really, my boobs don't reach the screen, so there's no point in being cold. So <laughs> you can I rub them up my, against the screen. Just I put my, my sweater purposes. back on. <laughs> I did give so, you a little. I did give you a little flash, though, didn't yeah, I? Very nipply. Very nipply. <laughs> very nipply. <laughs> oh, it's snowing outside, so it would be definitely be nipply if it's I was very out nipply there. out there. <clears throat> And uh, and that's why I'm not naked right now because it's very unimpressive. Oh, <laughs> at 20 degrees in the house, it needs to be a little about 24 before anything at least re- <laughs> remotely reaches impressive. Oh well, you know, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> this, Appreciate that. This is a world where you get to be yourself and. Those things don't matter. They really don't because it's what's inside that counts. Well, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that a little bit because, I mean, episode 69, like, what could we do today? There's so many ways this could go. Well, I mean, it's obviously, quite... the 69 position in, in itself, we could probably spend an hour talking about that. We probably could. Although, like, I don't know. Is is 69... A position that you do enjoy? I think most guys enjoy a 69. I think it's women that get a little uh, distracted with a 69. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, 
my own personal opinion. I just think <clears throat> men are more visual sexually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the um, the act of of getting a blowjob while you have this incredible view over your face, right, is a huge turn on. I okay, think so, for women. So there you go, right there. Um, one of the reasons probably why men enjoy 69 more often because you just said the view over my face, which indicates that you would be on the bottom. Definitely. Okay. So that is the Way issue, more right? Way that more is the issue right there. So <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm 250 pounds. Do you really want me sitting on your face? I don't think so. <laughs> but honestly, it is a tough position for women because you got to like hold your weight up on your arms, be positioned properly over the face. And if you've got short legs, you might be too close. You might have to like get your knees in a certain position. So you're concentrating on that, trying to relax and, and, you know, um, enjoy the pleasure. But meanwhile, you've got, uh, cock in your mouth and maybe down your throat because you're like not always able to prop yourself up in a good position. And so it requires a lot of concentration, maneuvering, discomfort. It is not all my sounds favorite. Good. It all sounds good to me. I, I'll be lying on the bottom. Yeah. Uh -huh. Very comfortable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <clears throat> also, where do, you, where do your feet go? I, I, my feet are now in the headboard. Right. And and my yeah, and then it's really so the reality of sex and sex positions <clears throat> is not porn. No, no, let's let's really cut to the chase on that one. Um I think the biggest difference of a porn sex position versus reality was the DP. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is yeah. Like that is the the widest difference of anything we've ever seen in porn and then tried to recreate <laughs> <laughs> that. And um when we were <laughs> when we were the first time, I'm gonna tell So you for the audience, just a second. Yes. For those who don't know what DP is. Oh right. Uh Topher, would you like to to describe DP, I can do it, but it's more fun to watch you. It's you're gonna watch me squirm a little. <laughs> so double penetration can be double penetration in the vagina or one in the vagina or one in the anus. So depending on the woman, uh, if they don't like you know uh, anal, uh, but have the room <laughs> vaginally. They, uh, you're going to have to, you know, organize the guys, organize, uh, dicks and balls and legs and everything to try and insert two at the same time. Yeah. In I a think very small area legs actually is the biggest problem. Oh, legs are a huge problem. Legs is, is the biggest problem. Um, I I'm a fan of, of the DVP as you would say, hmm. Uh, I mean, you said DP, there's two kinds. So we like to call it DP is double penetration, which is the typical like vagina and then anus 
anal penetration uh, at the same time. Right. Um, But then DVP is double vaginal penetration. So that's what we've deemed it. So every time, so I'm in Toronto, right? Every time I take the DVP now, the Don Valley Parkway has a whole different meaning to me now. I mean, that's a lot of, a lot of people on the DVP. A lot of people. (laughs) That's congested. Oh That's my called gosh. the congested DVP. Okay, before we get going here, like this, this could take a, this could be a train of its own, just going all kinds of places. Which, the beauty of us two doing this podcast together, which is one of the reasons I chose you to do this, is because I know we're going to have a lot of fun. It's just going to be laughs. We're going to be serious. Yeah, good luck editing. With, pardon. Good luck editing this one. No, I'm planning on not doing a lot of editing. Okay. I really, I don't want to have to do a lot of editing. I think raw and unfiltered is the way to go for episode 69. Um, and you and I have a really fun chemistry and and we have a good banter. So I think that this is just going to be fun. At least right. if nobody else has fun listening to it, we we'll will have at least to... have fun recording yeah. it. And it will start our day off well. Okay, so we've got that. Um, But before we get into it much, Topher, do you want to give us a little bit of info about yourself for those who haven't listened to the other episode? Okay, first of all, what are they doing not listening to the other episodes? I don't know. Seriously, folks, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, go back (laughs) a few, at least any, anyway. But I'm looking up the episode number right now because this is 52 or something. I can't remember. Anyway, I think it might be, but I'm you keep introducing yourself. And by the time you're done introducing yourself, I will have that information for you. Okay. So, uh, my wife and I have been in the lifestyle for 16 years. We started basically very shortly after we started dating and, um, realized that although both of us had been approached in the past um, about doing something lifestyle related, it wasn't until we met each other and that we realized that we were comfortable moving forward in the lifestyle, even though we didn't know what it was at that point. We just knew there were certain things that we would, we were willing to experiment and try based on how much we loved and trusted each other and we finally felt comfortable to move forward. So that's how we got our start. Um, and over the years, we've developed in, within the lifestyle. We've changed what our needs are, um, how we approach things. And maybe seven or eight years ago, <clears throat> we realized that one of the main things that we loved, truly loved about uh, being in the lifestyle was the friendships, the connections, the laughter Mm -hmm. and uh, the closeness that we had with other, with other couples and singles that we connected with. And uh, we started a social group um, back then uh, truly almost as a bit of a joke in the sense that we, we had a, a couple of small parties and we decided the group needed a name and, uh, you know, we started, you know, getting together with a, a small group of people and it was very social based. We weren't, it wasn't sex parties. It was, we're not orgies. These were getting together and laughing and chatting and sharing stories and, 
and even getting to know each other's families and getting to know each other's kids and so on. Um, sex was a portion of those relationships, but it wasn't the relationship. And um, the group kind of grew and uh, snowballed. And uh, and then as the group grew, our, um, what was the original our events group. The original name of the group was called the Vanilla Friends Suck Group. And uh, that's still a group that is live um, on, uh, on one of the lifestyle websites. And uh, as the group grew, we started doing bigger events. We took over a winery uh, for a weekend. Uh, you know, we'd get group tickets to a concert or Oktoberfest, uh, you know, baseball games, whatever. Things that we could do socially as, as a group in the vanilla world. But then, you know, we all shared the secret together and, you know, under, um, under the right conditions behind closed doors, you know, more would happen, but that wasn't the, the point of the relationships. Um, and, uh, as again, as the, the group grew and evolved, um, we realized that, uh, you know, there were certain aspects of, um, of being in charge of this kind of group where we had a responsibility where people were asking us questions, asking us for guidance <clears throat> as the, as newbies into the world. And so we became um, certified uh, sexual health coaches as well to add, I guess, education uh, to our answers, you know, beyond just our own experiences. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to tell people, well, look, this is this is what we think because this is how it happened to us um, versus having a little bit more, you know, uh, formalized education behind it and go, OK, yeah, this is how we approached it. But, you know, here is, you know, a more clinical version of an answer paired with our experience. And that's been really helpful. Um and then since then we we've written a book um, and uh, we released a lifestyle um, icebreaker game, um, a card game, and those have been great. We've had so much fun with uh, with both of those. Um, not only playing them, testing them out, uh, but getting people's reactions. Um, they're, you know, people sending us photos of their, <laughs> you know, their clothes all over the floor and the game, you know, sort of spread out over a coffee table and, and stuff like that. I'm so it's been sure, all right. I'm pretty sure you have a picture of my boobs, probably. Yeah, it's my screensaver. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> playing the game i think you're i think it's on your on your website isn't it it is it is on the uh it is <laughs> on the website see, if you want to see my uh what do you say like uh internet version safe version of my boobs um it's on the yeah you're using the cards like pasties basically yeah exactly exactly yeah. so a uh, sip stripper smooch is the name of the game and this is a good time to say that it was episode 52 if you have not listened go back to 52 and we talk about the game sip stripper smooch and we promised you all that we would do another episode so here we are um, and we're going to talk a little bit of, about your book, Compersion Conversations. Um, you have a new forward in your book. Yeah. So this um, 
there's this uh, incredible woman who uh, I've gotten to know and has seen her tits, uh, who uh, you guys may know as well. And uh, the sex positive relationship designer for In Bedard was nice enough to write a forward for our book. And uh, the book is available on, uh, on Amazon uh, for purchase. And it's called The Compersion Conversations. It's a, it's a lifestyle discussion um, format for making deeper connections with, uh, with like-minded friends. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the best way to, I, can, I can describe it. It's a series of 100 questions, uh, statements, with a space beside each question for you to take notes and uh, and evolve let uh, see that you can um see where you are now versus where you end up in a couple of years i know for us uh if we had answered a lot of these questions early on we would have completely different answers a few years later and then mm-hmm. slightly different answers a few years after that. So uh, it's meant to be sort of a living document where you can, you can have these conversations with others. You can have it just between the two of you and, mm-hmm. uh, and really sort of break down some of the, the questions and reasons why you're in the lifestyle, what you're hoping to get from it, what you what you think of question A or B or C that you probably didn't discuss with each other. I mean, a lot of times we get into the lifestyle. I think, you know, we hear from a lot of people who you know, they just have a lot of fantasies, but they haven't really talked about the realities, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, sort of bring it back to what we were talking about, the realities of some of these sex positions. I mean, hundred percent guilty of, you know, initially, thinking that we were going to perform some of these, you know, wild scenes that we had seen in porn. And then you go and do them and they're fucking awkward and ridiculous. (laughs) And, Oh, I don't have a 12 inch dick. So I can't, uh, it's only 10. They can't get that weird angle that you see in porn where the guy is like almost beside her and the other guy's almost beside her and they're both fucking her from opposite angles. They're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we can totally do that. Well, wait, no, you need a fucking 14 inch dick to be able to do that. (laughs) It's true. Like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think I might call this episode. Is it really about sex? Because I really think that it's something that I've heard it said you come into the lifestyle for the sex, but you stay for the connections, friendships, and community. And it's so true because I think that people don't necessarily associate sex with friendship. It's like this this other, this exciting right. thing, that taboo thing we don't talk about, right? You right. can't possibly combine that with friendship and just be normal and like sit around joking around with people that you are having a barbecue with, but you also have sex with like that doesn't, you can't even come. It doesn't make sense in your brain before you're in this world that those two things could happen simultaneously and be absolutely normal. Right. And I think the biggest issue is that people are, you know, that are coming into the lifestyle have so many misconceptions Mm -hmm. that they don't know where to start and they, 
all have the same misconceptions or very similar. They all think their misconceptions or their ideas of the lifestyle are unique mm-hmm. and don't realize that they share that same anxiety or same fear or same excitement mm-hmm. uh, with everyone that's getting into the, that tries this dabbles, whatever. And <laughs> that they are one of a million people that are still, you know, that are looking for a unicorn and think that they yeah. can, you know, put a post a, uh, a random photo of themselves and that women are going to be flocking to them. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, or not post a photo at all online and still expect that they're going to somehow magically meet this perfect single woman that wants to, you know, um, fuck them on a, on a regular basis. And I mean, you just, you see it every time you go online that, uh, you can spot the newbies, you know, because they're, they're asking for the same thing that every newbie. My wife and I are just looking for a single female to have sex with, to have a threesome with blah, 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 blah. Now here's the difference. If you post that in a lifestyle group or a swinger group, that's going to be received very differently. (laughs) Then mm-hmm. if you go to a polyamory group and post the same thing. Oh, right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, if you post that in a polyamory group, all the Vikings will come out <laughs> calling you a unicorn hunter and blah, 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 blah. And I find it kind of sad sometimes. I I agree that unicorn hunting, as they call it, um, So a couple that is polyamorous and is come that it actually is polyamorous and and polyamory is about multiple loving relationships. Okay. So it's not the same as the lifestyle, which is not necessarily full-fledged emotions where you are in full-fledged committed relationships with other people that are loving and you know, you don't share that emotion in the same way. All light. Yeah. And that's why, like, again, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard me say multiple times that um, ethical non-monogamy is on a spectrum. And, and we were talking earlier about swinging as opposed to the lifestyle, as opposed to uh, open relationships and polyamory, you know, and, um, relationship anarchy and all these kinds of things they all fall under this spectrum right but but at the core of it like if you're in a polyamory group um the expectation which i hate that there's expectations but the expectation is always um it must be fair and equitable and everybody has the same sort of rights and and equality which is great in concept but when you're in an established relationships coming coming into an established relationship coming into a polyamorous world or, or situation sometimes that isn't going to be able to happen exactly how you know we'd like this utopia of like fairness and equality and it it is nice it is nice to try to do that, but that's not always feasible based on time and resources and things like that. And this is where being really clear in our desires and our communication and 
clear about what our boundaries are is so important, which I've learned over the past little while, just how, um, just the importance of listening to your body and not having shame about what you want and don't want, just being clear about it. Anyways, if someone, if a couple comes in and they're like, we're looking for a single female, we want to have a relationship with her and we want her to love both of us equally, basically, and, you know, to live happily ever after, right. um, that right there is setting you up for failure. That idea of just going to find a woman that's going to love both of you equally. Because right. Well, I think there's a difference between looking for someone who is a solo poly female versus mm -hmm. looking for a unicorn and unicorn i think is just got a bit of a, a negative connotation within the lifestyle because it is really referring to a person as a thing as instead of as but a, a unicorn like when a when swingers or lifestylers use the term unicorn it's a bit more of a fun lighthearted thing like definitely, rarity, definitely. we can all take right? ourselves a little too seriously yeah, like a, a unicorn is simply just something that's rare and hard to find, which we need to recognize that that's the case. This is rare and hard to find. Um, unicorn hunters are sort of bashed because um, of the expectation behind it, not because of their desire. Like, here's the difference. You can have whatever desire you want, but when you come in, you know, setting up these like this is the expectation this is what has to be and blah 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 it has to you know the she has to love me the same as she loves him and blah 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 you're gonna run into some issues because the thing about relationships is they have their own identity they have their own trajectory if you will and they shape and develop because it's two people entering Right. It's like trying to recreate a porn scene. You can't exactly. You can't, you can't direct, you know, a relationship any more than you can sex. Quite frankly, I mean, uh, we tried. It doesn't work. No. <laughs> it's, and it's, so, I think a lot of people are looking for a threesome and go to a poly group, thinking polyamory is synonymous right, with right. sex, porn, sex, swinger lifestyle type sexuality. Right. Um. And they, they just get bashed. And I, I feel so bad because I'm like, are, so I'll go to those people and I'll be like, are you looking for more of a sexual transaction where you just want to experience a threesome with someone and you just want to have fun? Or are you actually looking for full-on relationships? Because those two things are very different. And if you're looking for just a threesome experience and to fulfill some fantasies, let me direct you to this side of the pond. <laughs> You know, right. to the lifestyle side of the pond, let's get out of the polyamory tank for a moment here because you're going to be crucified. Right. You don't, that's you what don't you're go to a fast food in... restaurant looking for a gourmet meal. Exactly. So um, in the polyamory world, you can absolutely want to have relationships with people, but you have to be open to the fact that that's that's not what a quote unquote poly unicorn is going to be coming into a relationship for. She's not coming into a relationship to to fulfill your sexual fantasies with your partner. Yeah, that's, no, that's not what Polly is about. And so you have to really know your world. And so that's why I'm here. <laughs> I can help 
with that, like to help you understand, like, where's the best place to find what I'm looking for? And let's identify what it is that you are looking for. What's your desire? Is that desire ethical? Is that desire realistic? You know, is that something that is goes against the ethics of a certain group or this or that? And what's the best way to approach asking that question? Because the way you word the question might be night and day, right, with the responses that you get. Well, I think, and, you know, to your point, you know, what are you looking for? I think uh, a lot of people getting into the lifestyle don't know what they're looking for. And, no. and, and why should they in the sense that it's all brand new? So <clears throat> they don't know what they don't know. Um, yep. and that's kind of the point of the book to some degree, um, is that it forces you to ask questions of each other and of, of yourselves of, you know, what, what am I going to get out of this? I mean, these are questions we've had to ask ourselves over the years and that's really, you know, I, I joke around a little bit, but, you know, truthfully, you know, we, we obviously don't know all the answers, but we we do know a lot of the right questions. Yeah. Right. And that's where this sort of came from is that we realized we know a lot of the right questions. Uh, everyone's answers are going to be different. So there's no point in us trying to fabricate answers for others. I mean, we, we, we can, we can definitely help guide people that, you know, uh, as far as our own experiences, our own training has gone. But if you were to ask me a lot of questions about, uh, BDSM that is not within my training and it's not within our, our experiences. I'll pass you on to somebody else. If you're going to ask me questions about being in the lifestyle, being with another couple, uh, being solo within the lifestyle, even though you are with, um, you know, a significant other, and they either are playing sometimes or, or not playing, um, you know, there's aspects of the lifestyle that, I don't want to say we're experts in, we just have a lot of experience and education in. And doing that, we've learned a lot of these questions. And I think one of the one of the things that uh, a lot of people coming in don't do is ask themselves enough questions about why. Why are they doing this? Mm -hmm. What are they hoping to get from it? Is it just a bucket list of, of sexual positions? That is a different requirement than having connections with others, um, feeling attractive. You know, some people I think want that, um, you know, that, uh, that feeling, that energy of being with somebody new, mm -hmm. that excitement of being with somebody new, and they're having a hard time necessarily putting that into words and expressing that to their, their partner saying, you know, sex with each other is fantastic. We're very comfortable. We love each other. There's, you know, a lot of compassion and caring in our sex, but that excitement of being with somebody new, you can't fabricate that in a long-term couple. So is that the reason or the, that butterfly of being with somebody new, but still having that safety of being there with your partner. So there's a lot of questions that I don't think new couples necessarily ask each other because they don't know what to ask each other. They're not sure well, you where to start and where to stop. Okay. So if let's say you are a couple that has been together for a long time and you've never experienced 
anything like this. You've never really heard about it. And then all of a sudden you're like, ooh, that sounds kind of exciting to have sex with other people. And there's a lot of fantasies that like to play out. Um, like you have this idea that, oh, the lifestyle is a place where those fantasies are going to be able to be lived out, right? That might be all you know about this world. That might be all you know. And but it's not wrong. There, it's not wrong. It's but not it's wrong. It's not the full picture. It's not the full picture. But how would you know unless you come into this world? And and I think that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. Um, because is it wrong? Is it wrong to want to come into the lifestyle to fulfill different fantasies and and have your sexual desires met? Is that absolutely wrong? not? Okay. I, I, Does I, I, that require? It's just, not, it's just a different part of the lifestyle, right? Does that require a different approach? One hundred percent. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that um, because I think a lot of people will come in and they will be like, come to the club for the first time. They're like, okay, they're like on the hunt. We're gonna, we're down to fuck. Like, we want to fulfill these fantasies. Right, they're bucket list. They're bucket list people, right? Right. So we see newbies that are either wildly um, shy and cautious, or they're like, let's get all these things on our list. Check, 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 check. I mean. We knew a couple that had been in the lifestyle for a year. And at the point, I think we'd been in the lifestyle for 10. You know, it's been 16 now. But at the time, I think we'd been in the lifestyle for 10. They did more in a year mm-hmm. than we had done in 10. Mm-hmm. You know, they pushed every boundary possible for that year. And now they're barely active in the lifestyle at all. Like, they pushed every boundary they were going to push. They swang from the rafters mm-hmm. and now they're like, okay, well, you know, we're done. I feel and- like that that's a thing with novelty a lot of times, right? Like, so for me, an empowered relationship is connection, safety, and novelty. And the novelty side, the lifestyle is definitely one of those places that you can find novelty for your relationship. And here's the thing for me, like when you... If you come into the lifestyle, okay, let's say it's your first night, you come in, your goal is to just fuck other people, and you come in and you're just like, uh, you come off as sleazy to some people, where you're just like trying to hit up people, and you're just like trying to, you know, flirt and connect and yeah, trying to get them to the back. That's okay? why I use my Barry White voice. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> How are you doing? Okay, so there's that. And and if you're doing it that way, you might come off as sleazy um, because you are coming into a world that you don't realize is full of connection, community, friendship, all of that. You're coming in and you have one goal, but you're not making that goal known. Exactly. So here's a different scenario. Let's say you walk in, okay? Mm-hmm. You've got a bucket list. Tonight, I would really like to try DP, say. We okay? should get those people t-shirts 
with a list on it, you know, big, big, <laughs> like a box that they can check. And they can just come in tonight with, you know, one of them circled. You know, who's oh, in? Man. Oh, man. I mean, there are, see, the thing is, there are some nights like M4 Club around here has those kinds of nights, like the bucket list type of nights. So mm. they have down to fuck Tuesdays, like DTF. Um, and those are like specific nights where you know that you're going there and other people are also looking to fulfill fantasies and like, they're there not to make friends and hang out and just have a good time. Some, yes, of course, some are always like that. But, um, the idea is there's certain things that you're wanting to try and there might be other people there that are right. willing to There's a to clear goal it. and agenda for the evening. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But. There is nothing wrong with having that goal and agenda. It's the nope. approach, right? So let's say you come into the club and you have like, okay, my partner and I, we've decided this is something we'd really like to try and we'd like to find someone that might be willing to do that. I, if you come in and you start to get to, you know, like mingle a little bit, not sleazy mingling, just mingling a little bit. And you say, hey, we've got a bucket list tonight. And we're looking for some people that might be able to fulfill that bucket list. We think that you're sexy. We think that you're nice. And we've enjoyed sort of mingling with you. Are you someone who is into that kind of thing? Do you have certain fantasies? Are you willing to engage in fantasies? Like what it what what do you do? How do right. you do the lifestyle? That right there, 100% not creepy. 100%. There's no wrong way to be in the lifestyle other than being no. dishonest. Right. No. Okay. There's, so no, there's wrong no wrong way. way. There's no wrong way to be in the lifestyle other than dishonesty. So whether it's being dishonest with the people you're, mm -hmm. you're meeting or dishonest with the, your, your partner, um, <clears throat> you know, which makes it no longer ethical or consensual. I mean, it's just cheating. Yeah. Um, if you are approaching it on a purely sexual um, basis where you are only looking for, like you said, the bucket list portion. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, if you are, if you are upfront, if you're honest with people, if you, you know, if you're not uh, trying to schmooze people into, into friendship just for the sex, and then you, you know, you move on and you're mm -hmm. treating people you know, you're catfishing people with with uh, with more of a relationship style friendship until mm -hmm. you get what you want and you move on. So really, realistically, there's no wrong approach to the lifestyle, whatever that is for you. Let's other reframe than that. Let's reframe that. There is a wrong approach in the lifestyle. There is not a wrong desire in the lifestyle. Can we say it that way? Because you can want sure. the lifestyle for whatever reason you want. Right. But there is definitely a right and a wrong approach <laughs> when you are in the lifestyle. So, like, if you if you want to be successful, let's just say, right. if you want to be successful. And there are some people who are always approaching with this energy of lack and victimhood kind of thing like uh nobody likes me and da, 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 da. it could be your energy 
If you are up front right away and be like, hey, we are a DTF couple, we're a down to fuck couple, we have some bucket things that we'd like to do, and we're interested in including you in those things, would you be up for that? Now the discussion is about that, and it's, it's really clear. At that point. Yeah. And so if you're not there to make a lot of friends and connections necessarily, you're not going to... S- you're not going to need to spend the time just kind of getting to know people and things like that. Um, and the thing is, there's a lot of us that are out there that do want to make those connections. And that's really important to us first and foremost. And maybe that's the only thing that's important. We might never get to the sex and that's fine with us. So in order to establish who your people are, it's very good to, without shame, establish what it is you're looking for. And I think that's the thing. And that's why I always go back to everything I do is rooted in this, this shroud of shame. Like everything that we do is based on how we see ourselves um, in the face of shame and guilt. So if I have any kind of shame about what my desire is in the lifestyle, I'm going to approach things in a way that is not authentic. So, right. And, and fear of rejection, right? So yeah. <clears throat> I think, especially for newer, newer couples, um, they are, you know, afraid that what they're looking for is maybe weird or odd or exactly. not going to be accepted by others. And, uh, you know, there's definitely going to be a group that does not want what they want. But exactly. if you are more upfront about what you want, um, you know, we see this uh, a lot on profiles, uh, people online, you know, posting, and they will show, <clears throat> you know, graphic crotch shots and cum shots and, you know, spreading their labia or spreading, you know, everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then their description of what they want is, you know, close friendships and, you know, they want to be taken seriously and, you know, they're not for one night stands and like, okay, what you're showing and what you're saying yeah. are completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, saying that you want something and deeper connections and then, you know, showing, uh, you know, your legs spread and a, you know, a real big close up of your vagina is not, not indicative of what your desires are. However, yeah. if you just want to get laid and say, look here, here's my happy bits. Do you like my happy bits? Would you like to touch my happy bits? That's all I'm interested in. Then just say it. Just say, look, yeah. we're here to fuck. We would like someone who finds our happy bits extremely attractive. <laughs> Please come and play with them. <laughs> At least it's honest and it's upfront, right? Um, it's that uh, you know, bait and switch or 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 just not knowing what to do. And we see that again with some newer couples where well, that's the they thing. don't know what to do, so they just post the most outrageously graphic photos thinking that that's what they have to do. That's exactly it. Let's just say that's it right there. This is what people think that the lifestyle is. So their desire might be, we want people that are like us and that just want to be open and they're cool. And we're just like, we really want that. But we feel like in order to be accepted in this world, we have to be this like porn people that are 
posting these kinds of pictures because these are the kinds of pictures that are required here. So there is a disconnect. And that's why I wanted to ask the question, is it really about sex? And is the lifestyle about sex? Yeah. I think people think like for me, I was so afraid to not have a shaved pussy because I thought, oh, that's not going to be attractive and people are going to reject me. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you about that. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm allowed to be who I am for what I am and I'm allowed to want what I want in the lifestyle. And if I want good friendships and the occasional sexy time, I can show up however I want. And by posting the pictures that reflect who I am, so maybe relationship pictures, smiling faces, holding each other, sitting together, you know, sitting with other people, um, not showing their faces unless they have allowed it. Um, But if you're showing that kind of thing and you're owning that this is my reality, I'm not ashamed of it. Also, I have a landing strip. I have a bit of pubic hair and that's me. And if you don't like it, you're not my people. If I can just come to the table with that kind of acceptance of my own desires and my own authenticity, then I'm approaching things correctly because I'm putting me out there. I'm putting my actual desires out there. And then you get to pick and choose if you're my people or not. If you, you don't have a much better chance criteria. of finding the people you really are exactly. going to connect with if you are true to yourself and present yourself the way that, you know, the way that you actually want yeah. to interact with others. Right. Because I think uh, people can feel the disconnect, even if, definitely. so people are like, okay, I got to put these kinds of pictures to get the most traction, right. To get the most views. And then you'll find the right people. But the thing is, it's really not about that. It's like, if you put your real self out there, your authentic desires out there without shame of what they are, like, like if I go up to a buffet, I can try whatever I want. I can go back for more and I don't put the things on my plate that I've decided I don't like. In the beginning, you might be open to anything and go, oh, wait, that's not for me. That's not for me. I'm going to leave them as mashed potatoes there next time. And I'm you notice that every chicken. time you and I talk, it's food. we compare sex and food. Well, there's a I was, I've been on a diet for a little while. That might be why I'm craving both. <laughs> That might be it. That I mean, it. food and and sex. Like, I mean, I'm the type of person that, you know, food food brings me a lot of pleasure. I'm a pleasure person. So, like, good conversations, good food, good connections. There's a bigger connection. I'm joking, but there's kissing. a bigger connection. There's a bigger connection to food and sex than I think a lot of people realize. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can, you can have a conversation about food. And if you take the word food out and put sex in, it's the same the same conversation. You can have the same discussion about both. I mean, you're probably not going to have hair in your food though. Hopefully not. (laughs) Hopefully not. Either way, if I have hair in my teeth at the end of the meal, I'm asking for a refund. Anyway. Oh, Oh man. But it is, it is a need. And it is a it is a um, a base requirement um, to for nutrition and for love for mm-hmm. affection for 
uh, an experience. So why do we have restaurants? I mean, what, like we can all cook at home, you know, we're going to a restaurant to experiencing something different, something new and, and a, a higher level than we can do ourselves. Right. You know, or you're going fast food and it's, it's convenient. Mm -hmm. You can approach, you know, sex to some degree, the same way it's, it's, you know, sometimes you have a quickie, sometimes you spend all evening, you know, appreciating each other. Sometimes you go out and you enjoy something that someone else has prepared for you. And sometimes you go to a tapas bar, not topless, (laughs) tapas, and you just tapas bar. You've (laughs) that would be great, right? Sangria, topless, tapas. I mean, win, win, win. Anyways, sometimes you never get to the main course and you might make take the whole evening making out with people, which is pretty much my experience at the club. That's what I love. I love to just go see my people and make out with a lot of great people that I actually really enjoy kissing. Um, It's so rare we get to the sex, but I don't need that anymore. That's not where I'm at. When I was in the beginning... I mean, I experienced all kinds of things, and now I know what I like and what I don't like. And when I think that it's a pretty along, common great. starting point. Oh yeah, is that people not only want to experience different aspects of sex that you can't do with your partner, in the sense right. you you know your partner only has one dick. There's you can't have you can't have an experience of two dicks with with without having somebody else come in you can't have you know you can't explore uh anything bisexual without again another person being involved so just logistically there's certain things you just can't do without involving other people and that falls into that bucket list of of things that you want to try and and so on so i think everybody sort of goes through that uh, that stage of the lifestyle where they are experimenting, they are trying things, they are seeing what they like and they don't like what, you know, we joke around that we think we're probably the most boring swingers of all time because, you know, our kink is, is having sex with other, other people. You know, if we were vanilla and you looked at us, you go, wow, you guys are really kinky and out there. And I think compared to some of the friends we have in the lifestyle, um, I mean, it's not like sex with another couple uh, or another woman for us is um, boring in itself. We're just not pushing wild and crazy limits mm-hmm. within that. We're having a nice, fun, somewhat normal sexual experience. You know, there is there's oral, there's fucking, there's 69, there's you know, the group experience, there's lots of kissing and touching and, and it's a beautiful experience, but we're not pushing wild and crazy boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we kind of feel like, you know, the group of people that we know, that we're relatively boring. Okay. So let me just ask you though, are you, you say that in jest, right? Yes. We're kind of boring, but at the, at the root of it, do you have any shame about that? Or are you just no, like, no, no. okay, so that's the difference right there. Because there are a lot of people, a lot of my clients, they're like, oh, but I'm I don't want what everybody wants. And da da da. da. And they, they have shame about that. Own it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we like were, we were at a club that had a 
BDSM-ish, you know, area and close friends. They were excited. They wanted to go in and check it out. And they stayed there for about an hour. We were in there for about five minutes. We realized not our jam. And we excused ourselves. And later we all met up and we had drinks and laughs and they told us about their experience. And we were wildly interested in how much they enjoyed that experience. It still didn't interest us to experience it ourselves. And And we're okay with that. And they're okay with us being okay with that. Yeah, you could have spent so much time and energy um, worried about not fitting in, worried about if those people are going to judge you and if that couple would be upset with you or think that you were boring or this or that. But instead, you just showed up authentically and you're like, oh, that's not our thing. You guys go enjoy and have that. And then we'll meet up later. Like, what a beautiful experience. Whereas so many people spend so much time feeling bad about what they don't want or what they can't provide for someone. And it's not about that at all. If it's, someone's a, it's also about enjoying, enjoying the moment and enjoying who you are uh, and allowing others to enjoy what they want and yeah. still seeing the beauty of, of the friendship and the sharing and everything else. We don't all have to like the same things No, to be friends. And you don't need to worry about speaking up if you don't feel comfortable with something or if that's just not what you're in the mood for that night. Like there's, there's a couple that we um, are such good friends with and, you know, we talk about playing all the time and we go on, on dates or, or whatever. And we get together, we go to the club or whatever we end up doing our own thing and getting distracted and blah, blah, blah. And, and I could sit there and be like, oh my God, once again, we disappointed them and we didn't play and we were, we've been planning to play for so long and it just never happens because we find other people and we start talking and we get going with our friends and everything and this doesn't happen. And it could be that we look at it that way and we all sort of shrink back in shame like we're disappointing each other every single time and we should maybe not plan dates because it never happens but really we own it and we're like i love you guys as friends because nobody gets bent out of shape if it doesn't happen because we make the plan but we make the best of like the flow of what's going to happen and that's when you step into your authenticity. That's when you step into your comfort of who you are and then you draw in the right people because we keep planning dates with them because we just enjoy them as people and it doesn't matter if that happens and we're still, you know, we're just, you know, at the end of the day, we're like, you know what? I don't think we're ever going to play at the club. That's just not what's going to happen. So like if we keep planning dates at the club, we know that we just get separated and we get going with our friends and we just have so much fun. And dancing, and we usually end up playing with other people than we came with, or just each other, and like each other, our partners. Mm-hmm. And we're perfectly okay with that. So we know that if we actually want to play together, we might have to change it up and like maybe come invite them over to back. play a card yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Either <laughs> have have some tequila and play a card game, or uh, go to a hotel and make the date. Just the four of us, right? right. Because it's we're all be such social people and we love right. it. But, you know, that doesn't matter. It doesn't because 
we're completely authentic with this is what we'd like, this is our desire, this is what we're willing, but we're not attached to the outcome necessarily. And if we're really attached to the outcome, we're going to plan it differently. Right. And I think being attached to the outcome is a is a recipe for disaster regardless. Exactly. And then that's, it's definitely an early on mistake that we made of having expectations. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, you know, somebody asked me the other, other day um, about expectations and, um, you know, we had, we had a party and much to, um, you know, much opposite of what, you know, I think people assume about a lifestyle party, or at least ones that we've thrown. Um, of all the parties that we've thrown, um, you know, personally, like at our own home, um, I would say maybe a third have ended in more than one couple having sex. Most times when we have parties, uh, it's just really social and fun and flirty. Um, you know, we play some games, we have some laughs, we eat some, you know, we eat some food, we have, we have a pool, whatever. Like, you know, it's a, it's a social get together. You get that many lifestyle people together. Um, at some point in the night, people are either going to go off and go home or go home with someone else. Um, or things are going to progress, you know, to a, a sexual crescendo at that point. Um, but I would say out of the, the parties that we've had here, maybe, maybe a third at the most, at the most have ended in any kind of sort of multiple couples having sex mm -hmm. in our house. Um, which again is, I think really far from what people, um, imagine the lifestyle party would be like you just automatically i mean people come in you take off all your clothes find a partner you know the old key party yeah. of, you I know mean, concept right you can um, set up a party that way but again that's your kind of vibe and you right. you get to create the kind of and you're going to draw the people who want that like the people who go to your party and who expected it to be a fuck party are going to be like, oh, that wasn't fun. Disappointing. Kind of, yeah. Right. But, but like on the flip side, you know, we, we had one couple who was, um, you know, felt a lot of pressure mm -hmm. uh, and expectation, mm -hmm. even though, you know, there was zero pressure and zero expectation for anybody to play. And the night ended without anybody playing. Um they had that expectation on themselves. Mm -hmm. They felt that, you know, no matter what, because it's a lifestyle related party, that there is an ingrained and innate pressure mm -hmm. and expectation. And at first I argued with it. And the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, you're right. You know, that there is, I think a level of expectation to be a certain way in a lifestyle get together that you are going to be open you are going to be more flirty you are going to be more fun um than you would necessarily at a vanilla party yeah and i think and a, a lot of that expectation is put on this there's a reason we all groom and and right. shave just and in ready case. to go just in case have nice underwear but case. um but again 
it's one thing to be prepared and be open to something. And it's different to have an expectation of it happening. Because an expectation, like I've said before, is a preconceived disappointment or premeditated disappointment. Sure. And I think one of the, so the more I thought about it and was talking to them about it, I said, you know, I think you're looking at, I think you can look at expectation maybe a different way as opposed to a negative. You could look at that as a sexual tension. Mm. So if you have good communication between your partner and yourself, and you're going to an event, you're going to a party, you're going to a club, and you have set boundaries for each other and for yourselves that you are not going to play. But you might you might kiss somebody, but you're not going to go any further than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever the boundaries that you set, mm-hmm. um, obviously for yourselves, is important to to live up to those and stay stay you know truthful to those. Um, for each other, right? Because once you once you cross a line, uh, it's very difficult to get that that trust back with each other that you're not going to cross that line the next time, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have clear boundaries with each other, you can take that that anxiety, you can take that that feeling of of um of expectation and make it anticipation, make it a sexual mm-hmm. tension instead mm-hmm. that you use. Mm-hmm. when you go back home together yeah right yeah. you take that that expectation and make it a positive thing and i and i think that is something we had to learn to do mm-hmm. ourselves because we felt expectation we felt pressure mm-hmm. to um to do certain things because we were there mm-hmm. and we weren't mature enough uh, experienced enough at the time because it was it was 16 years ago that we started. We were relatively young, and um, there was an immaturity, there was a, a lack of confidence to use that that expectation, to use that anticipation, and just use it for ourselves. Well, and that's a big shift right there because I remember when I first started with my partner, it was like there was often disappointment at or feelings of failure. Like I didn't, we didn't play with another couple. We did something wrong or we didn't, we weren't attractive enough or we didn't ask or we didn't do this or right. the, or that, that feeling that you had to make the most of that night. Yeah. Like, Oh, we're, we only get out like once a month or whatever. Right. So we better, we this better is our take chance. advantage of, of yeah, all right? Yeah. But when you come into it that way, you miss out on a different kinds of opportunities, right? Like um, the flirtation maybe isn't genuine. It's like got, it's attached. It's goal-oriented. Yeah, it's goal-oriented, which changes the dynamic. But let's say the goal is that you just are spicing up each other and the, the goal is to connect with your partner no matter what. That's a win. Then anything else is going to be and then anything else is welcomed on top of that, then then it doesn't matter what happens because at the bare minimum, you get to be together, but you've been in a sexy environment. And if we can, if you can reframe that way that that is a win in itself, then anything else is just so much more fun. 
And I think that that has made a huge difference. And, um, you know, the times when, when my partner and I, we've just been like, all right, you know what, tonight, let's, let's play with people. Let's be open to it. I mean, it rarely ends up happening because we just are having so much fun connecting and flirting that we'll like glance at each other across the room and we're like, oh my God, you're so hot. And oh, look at that person so into you. And now I'm so into you. And that's usually when I try and get in the way (laughs) between you looking at your partner. And then I just, oh, she's, She's looking at me. I can. Tell. I mean, it worked. I mean, you got between us, and you're like, "I got this. I got, <laughs> I got this, Steve." Um, it's okay, buddy. You know, I got it. I got it, buddy. I got her. <laughs> I mean, it did work in your favor. And and there's another thing is is this like putting yourself out there and not being afraid of rejection because you don't know what someone else's quote unquote goal is or their desire is. Like like if my desire for the whole night, okay is that I'm just going to make out with people and have a great time. And that's all I want. And your goal is to get someone in bed with you and sleep with someone, okay? If we've not talked about our each other's desires for the night, for instance, you're going to leave thinking, oh, we had really great makeout sessions, but there must be something wrong with me because we didn't go play. Mm-hmm. And. But my desire was simply to make out and have a great time. And I'm thinking, I had so much fun. He was so much fun to kiss. We had a great time. You're, if you don't check in with what your desires and, and the possibility that someone else's goals have been met or someone else's um, desires for the evening were just that, you might take that personally. And you might go, oh, I'm not good enough or she doesn't think I'm attractive or she doesn't want to play with me. What if... What if I want to get off on making out with all kinds of people and then I want to go fuck my partner and just really connect with him because we've wanted to connect all week, but we really wanted this like excitement and this build of making out and foreplay with other people. What if our desire for that night was each other and not anybody else? That has nothing to do with you. So I think that's an important an important note for new people getting into mm-hmm. into this is that when you are when you're at a club, when you're at a party, when you're when you're chatting with people, think about what you find attractive in others. Mm-hmm. Do you find it attractive? Are you attracted to uh, a man or a woman or a couple who are desperately looking? for someone else to fuck or do you see a couple who are madly in love mm-hmm. who are kissing each other or dancing together or laughing together um who you see you know someone else approach them that are you know, clearly friends and they have big warm hugs big warm kisses is that what you're attracted to mm-hmm. um and the answer can be no. I mean, you could be saying, no, I just, I, I want someone who is this tall, <laughs> you know, this tall has uh, this size boobs, this size dick. And, you know, this is what, you know, these are the, this is the list of things that I need, you know, to fulfill certain fantasies. But if you're talking about attraction or you're talking about being attracted to other people, not their body parts, what do you find attractive? And Maybe you should be emulating that. You know, if you want others to find you attractive, 
maybe you should be more into your wife or your husband uh, and show others that you have a solid relationship. Show each other, show each other that you have a solid relationship. Because at the end of the day, if you go to a club and the two of you have a great time together, no one can take that away from you. Mm -hmm. You have had a lot of fun. You've been flirty. You've been sexy. You've worn whatever crazy outfit Mm -hmm. that you can only wear at a club, you know, that shows off your ass or shows off your tits Mm -hmm. or shows off whatever. And you get to live in that moment wild free sexy mm-hmm. and then you let the let others see that sexiness mm-hmm. see that relationship see that love see the tenderness that you guys have together and if you don't attract that that night you've still had a wildly fun night as a couple doing something that you do not do on the day in and day out it has nothing to do with the laundry it has nothing to do with the kids it has nothing exactly. to do with the mortgage it is a uh, a freedom of living in the moment mm-hmm. in a sexually uh, healthy and fun way, mm-hmm. and that if you can spin it's that energy, right? Like it, it's just if you can spin that and look look at your look at other couples the way that they would be looking at you. Yeah. Um, your your chance of of being successful whatever that means, you know, for you are much, much higher than you sitting in the corner, staring at all the people you wish you could fuck that night. Right. Well, and and here's the point is that we, we attract who we are. And so if we're desperate to be loved, if we're desperate to be noticed, we're going to attract people who are desperate to be loved and noticed as well. And we inevitably will attract some sort of drama because the people who are desperate in any way and and desperate as in like not loving themselves and not feeling worthy of that. Yeah, not feeling worthy of love. And I think that's the biggest shift for me that's happened over the past few years, um, especially over the past three years. It's just this growth journey of like it starts this is why I do what I do. Right. It starts in here in inside of me and like. I am my primary partner. Okay, and just so for everybody else, you're I'm pointing at your tits right chest. now. No, oh, it's your chest. chest. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, okay, what anyway, is anyway, in Your here? feeling starts in your tits. Inside, okay. <laughs> inside, I love who I am and I don't apologize. I don't feel the need to apologize for who I am anymore. And I used to. I used to feel like I wasn't enough or I used to feel like, well, I'm not sexy enough, or I have to wear these kinds of shoes, or I'm not going to be sexy, or I'm not going to fit in, or I have to shave, or I have to do this, or I have to do that, um, or I have to be willing to go to the back if I'm going to kiss someone. And then it's like, no. Do you I think, think age is, is something to do with that as well, or uh, just life experience? I think age only because we often will get life experience through age, but I think at at any point, it's just an awareness of who you are, an awareness of um, the love that you have for yourself or the love you don't have for yourself. That's the biggest difference right there. And and when we struggle loving ourselves, it's because we have shame about who we are in some way, shape, or form. 
We have guilt about the things that we want to do, the thoughts that we have, the desires we have, the people we're attracted to. We don't trust that that's okay. And once we tune into who we are, what we want, what our desires are without shame and guilt, we can go, oh, that's me. And I don't have to apologize for that. And now I get to go be me and I get to show up as me without apology, which is so freeing. And I get to show up in the energy of me, which is going to attract other people in the same energy as me, which means I'm going to click with people more. I'm not going to attract the people that are desperate because they're not going to stay in my energy very long because I'm not going to cater to their their energy. Like I'm not going to um, just go do what they want to make them feel better, which a lot of people do. And I used to do that. I used yeah, to well, say yes to that's the people-pleasing aspect of it, right? Exactly. As well as, which is, I think, ingrained in women more so than men, but um, not to be too, no, but you know, I'm sweeping. finding there's so many more men now that that uh, in the work that I do now, I'm noticing uh, whether you want to say narcissist or whatever. There's so many more men that are in relationships with more narcissistic women. Mm. They're the pleasers, and it's like the nice guys often, right? Like right, the, right. And and most of my friends, let's just be honest, most of my friends, um, are used to be pleasers or more in that realm. They're empathetic. They're kind. They're loving. A lot of them have ADHD like I do. Like they're just, they're creative. But that energy of like seeing people wanting to do things for other people is a part of my say aura and who I am and my energy. But when you have a love for yourself and an awareness, you recognize that you don't owe that to anybody. That's not where your worth lies. Your worth doesn't lie in pleasing. You can please for the sake of pleasing and giving and loving, but not because your worth depends on it. And that's mm. the big shift right there. Right. I think for for us, as we you know get into our late 40s, otherwise known as 50, the difference for us has been... Um, I think a more accepting um, version of ourselves and that yeah. we we're not, like, you know, I joked about being on diet. I mean, we, we want to be healthy. We diet um, in a way of eating healthy as opposed to trying to get skinny. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have just a different approach, I think, to a lot of things that we did in our thirties. Um, where is, you know, if we dieted in our thirties, it was to try and, you know, fit into a, a, a specific bathing suit or, mm-hmm. or whatever, to try and look good, to attract others and so on. And now we're just like, well, like we're, hell, we're 50 and we want to be healthy because we want to make it to 60 and 70 and 80 and 90 or whatever, you well, know, I want to keep up my lifestyle. Right. You know, we <laughs> want to, we want to be healthy. And I think we approach our sex life, you know, a in, in a very similar way in that mm-hmm. we want to have healthy, fun relationships sexually. Mm-hmm. It's not about the bucket list. It's not yeah. about, you know, cause bucket list is honestly the very first thing I can see it coming a mile away. This person is chatting with me. I can see it in their eyes. They're waiting for the right moment to ask me what is on our bucket list. What fantasies do we have? Mm-hmm. 
And I hate to disappoint them, but I keep telling, you know, new couples, the same thing. We, we don't have that. That doesn't, it's not a thing for us. If you want to chat with us and discuss all our fantasies, it's going to be a short conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, not because we've done it all, not by any stretch, but we've done all the things that, you know, we went through that process of trying things that were outside of our comfort zone and quickly realized that our comfort zone is, is what it is. And that the exploration of another person is the fun part. And for the record, there's nothing wrong with the bucket list. Let's just reiterate that. But again, this is a good example of finding your people and not your people. Like if you say that, oh, we're not bucket list people. We're probably not the right kind of people that you're looking for. That's it. There's no rejection. (laughs) There's nothing. Contact us in a year when you've gone through all of that. Right. And you've done that out of your system. I mean. Yeah. Or not. Like they might always be bucket list people. They might be fantasy people. They might be in this life for that. And that's totally fine. You know what? You're 100% right. Because there's a whole other group um, within the lifestyle that, you know, are, are want to dress up They're you know, very yeah. fantasy based and that's great. That, that's fantastic. It's just not us. You know, and, and, and again, okay. it's about finding the right people. That's exactly it. So we could keep going and going and going. Cause we're already like, have been at this for a while, but we have some questions that we asked for. So I put out Send us your questions. Ask us anything. And I'm really surprised that people didn't didn't send any. Hardly not any as many questions. as I thought. But no, I mean like you know, barely. It is, it is any. tough to put out publicly. Um, I thought know, people would want to know some shit about me, right? Like some like some crazy stuff. Have me reveal like my deepest darkest secrets or something. And I'm surprised they didn't take that opportunity because I said anything goes. But they didn't. So I'm safe. Here we go. So I'm going to ask a deep oh, dark no. secret. Oh no. Okay. When you go down south, <laughs> do you get your pubic hair braided? <laughs> do you get beads put on it? Like, I mean, do you get cornrows put in yes. your? Yes. Excellent. Yes, of course. It's a little vajazzling. <laughs> little blank. All no right. Folks. So we got that deep dark secret. No, out of folks. I do not. I do oh, not. Darn. It's not yeah, that I was hoping some, for, for some pictures. All right. <laughs> but, you know, maybe I have time to let it grow for the next trip. And there you I go. might just do that yeah. just for you. Get some cornrows. On day and, one. And some beads. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, my God. All right. I'm telling right, the you. Questions, the okay, questions. Okay. Let's get to the questions. All right. So we've got um, a few questions. The first one is um, in my group, uh, the podcast group. My mm-hmm. private Facebook group, Quincy wanted to know, is sex subjective? And I said, okay, that's a subjective question. Uh, what what do you mean by that? And of course, I went, you know, at the act of sex, like what? And so he gave further information and was like, is what people consider sex subjective? And so we were talking about this earlier and you're like, absolutely. So let's talk about this. Yeah, I do agree. I, I do think it is subjective because I think what what one person thinks of as a sexual act, 
um, no, di no different if you if you took out the word as uh, subjective and added cheating instead. Like, what is cheating to one person? Mm kind of answers the same question <clears throat> you know if for one person cheating might be uh you know a hug that lingered just a little too long mm -hmm. or a kiss that was just a little too intimate yeah. um it could be you know that in a group situation you are all fucking and sucking and kissing and touching but if you went behind a wall where they can't make eye contact with you now you're now you're you're doing something that's outside of your boundaries right mm -hmm. so i think it comes back down to to boundaries and limits um is sex subjective i, I think very much so I, I think for some people oral they don't really consider oral to be much different than kissing somebody and for others oral would be just a you know an absolute um breach of trust um you know if you're in that uh answering it as far as cheating is concerned you know um i did not have sex with that woman <laughs> exactly exactly she just blew him right so right so uh, for those canadians that may not have been around at that time that's clinton uh yes yeah anyways I um <laughs> i know you got it i know you got it but yeah like that whole thing was such a scandal and that was subjective for him like a blowjob was not considered sex for him intercourse is sex right? right for a lot of people penis and vagina sex is sex and anything before that is not sex so this just proves the point of needing to be clear about our boundaries and 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 what you think is sex is not what I think is sex necessarily. And we can't assume that that's the same. So we just have to get on the same page and say, hey, what do you consider sex and what's comfortable for you and blah, 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 blah. We need to really be clear on that. So one of the questions that that question brings up for me, uh, which is in my the book, and I'm interested to, to know your answer on it, is how do you manage active consent during a sexual encounter with more than one person. So, you know, um, do you give consent as you go? Do you give a generalized consent that you're having sex? So pretty much everything from that point on is okay until it's not okay. How do you yourself and when you're working with others, um give them the tools for actively being able to consent or, or not consent um during sex that's a great question and i, I thought so very good very good <laughs> sex god very very good question <laughs> that's okay. why i asked it <laughs> so i'm gonna say it starts with you first okay because a lot of people try to have the conversation with their partner like what do we consent to? But let's back up a second here. Like, what am I okay with? <laughs> because that is a whole conversation I never had in the beginning. Right. I forgot that part because I didn't realize that I had rights 
or desire, like I could honor my own body's desires or non-desires. Okay. So if my partner said, I'm okay with this and okay, then I would almost go, oh, well, that's now expected of me. Right. Sure. You're, you're basing your needs on theirs. And it's very easy to do that. But here's the thing. First of all, you get to go, what would I be comfortable with with someone? And what situations would I not be comfortable with that? And what situations would I be comfortable with that? That is where you have to start with your conversations with your partner. And this is like, it can be fictitious. Like you don't have to, because you'd be comfortable with it doesn't mean you have to do it. Okay. So this is a very different conversation. So first you have a hypothetical conversation with yourself. Then you have a hypothetical conversation with your partner. If I was in this situation, say, it's still in the realm of fantasy, and fantasy does not have to come to life to have the conversation. Let's have the fantasy conversation within the realm of fantasy because it's the only way to get a clear gauge of what you actually are willing to or comfortable with and what you might consent to. If you start with the real world, and this might actually happen, your answers will inevitably change and be guided by a people-pleasing tendency, a desire to not be judged, uh, whatever. But if you're in the moment. Okay, so first though, first we have to have, you have to have this conversation with yourself before you even get in the moment. Sure. Okay, so I've had this conversation with myself. Now I've had the conversation with my partner about like what, where's the line for you? I know what my line is. What's the line right. for you? Where do you so feel respecting like- their, their boundaries. Yeah. So now I've had that conversation and I know what, like I might be comfortable with anal in that situation, for instance. But today- Just a second, I'm making notes. <laughs> but today my ass belongs to him because that's the that's the mood we're in. That's the- that's the week we're having. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe ask plays not off the table always, but today it is because this is a desire of his, for instance, in, in this situation, he's not comfortable with that, or he wants that to be special today for him or whatever, or that might be our, our role all the time kind of thing, our boundary. Um, and then someone asks if that's okay. I have a choice in that moment. Do I honor my boundary or their boundary? I could honor either boundary, but one is going to have a more beneficial result. Or we could have a system set up where maybe we didn't have a specific a specific boundary about that that day, say. And we might look at each other and I might whisper in his ear, hey, he just asked if he could have my ass. I feel comfortable with that right now. How do you feel about that? He could say, today I would rather not. Cool. Or I might say, and this has happened before, he just asked if he could have my ass. How do you feel about that? And he'll say, how do you feel about that? And this is why I say this, because sometimes I haven't even thought about what I feel about that. I'm like just busy. Oh, what if I say no to this guy? And then what about Steve? Like, I got to make sure everybody's happy. And I forget that, oh, wait, I actually don't want that. Right. Or yes, I do want that. So 
first you've got to check in with yourself and then you've got to have a communication system with your partner that indicates that, yes, we're going to be okay with that today or not. Or you have a built-in system that says, like, I'd be okay with that. However, it's not what we do. We're not, we're not in, or I'm not in that kind of mood tonight. So I'm going to pass on that. It starts with just being confident inside of you with what you're okay saying. And, and it does not matter. You're not hurting anybody else's feelings. If you're hurting their feelings, that's on them. Right. If so it's, it's okay to say no. And I think obviously that's, okay. Right. And I think that's, you know, where the question was sort of heading in, at least in my thought process in the book mm. is being able to um, be okay with saying no to something that you're not, you're not interested in or having the, the guts sometimes to say before things start to go, too far you're kissing you're touching okay it's clear things are moving to another level it's no different than stopping to put on a condom right you're stopping to to quickly discuss okay these are my boundaries like yes we're we're, we're moving in that direction we're all gonna get naked and we're gonna have some fun however i am not interested in oral you finishing in me you know mm -hmm. orally um, we absolutely have to use protection. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want any anal, you know, like whatever the, you know, laundry list of things that are common. And it may not be something you have like a discussion at the beginning with every little thing, but no, there needs but, to be that discussion as you go, hey, are you, where are you okay with me finishing? or whatever. And and here's the thing, so the reason why I say it's not just communication. Yes, it's communication, but you can say anything that's communicating. It's it's safety within yourself to know who you are and what your desire is and the confidence to say I'm no. not okay with that. No. And so I'm going to now say no because I didn't have those conversations with myself before. Right. And I think as a I as didn't a man, and I couldn't say no. Right. As a man who's been in the lifestyle for a while um it's uh you know i'm not gonna say that i can tell if a woman's faking uh i mean christ i'd be i'd be famous if i could <laughs> tell every time a woman's faking it however there are times where you can definitely tell that a woman is putting on a show mm -hmm. and not being authentic about her enjoyment of whatever she's doing. I would much rather somebody not, you know, give me oral, not suck me if they're not, you know, truly into it. I would rather you just don't right. <clears throat> then putting on a bit of a show where it feels like they're doing it because they they're, they're supposed to. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm more, I'm guessing we're at a level now where all, you know, we would rather have an authentic yeah. experience of people doing the things they want to do and enjoy doing than doing things to you as well that, you know, they're not, they're not as comfortable with. I right? think this is where as seasoned lifestylers, um, we can have a huge impact on people's success you know, because a lot of people don't know, they've not had these conversations. It's not something we grow up with. We're not programmed to say, hey, please don't feel any pressure 
to come. If you if you don't feel like you're coming, just let me know that that may not happen. And that's perfectly okay. I'm not going to take that personally. I'm not going to feel like I've disappointed you. Just it may not be there for you tonight. And I just would rather you be honest about that. We can have fun. But if we want to stop at any point, I'm not going to feel personally attacked or or personally hurt that I didn't make you come. Right. Again, it's all about, you know, being goal oriented and, and yeah. sex doesn't work. Right. Yeah. So what's but the even next like, question? Yeah. What's the next just question? giving people permission. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, all right. So I get this a lot. What if I run into someone I know or what happens if I run into someone I know? Say hi. <laughs> right. Like I, 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 we can totally relate. I mean, this is, this is something that hits really close to home for us because we avoided anything lifestyle in our own hometown for years when we first started like years. And, uh, but because we were also approaching the lifestyle in that sort of bucket list, one night stand sort of way, uh, when we first started. So again, I totally understand that approach because it's, it's how we started and, and we were so concerned about not, not running into anybody we know, um, not having, you know, any complications of, of, you know, um, a relationship with the people, you know, we didn't want to, we didn't want to muddy any of those waters of sex and, and connection. We just wanted sex with people that we thought were hot that we met that night and it wasn't until we sort of realized uh, for ourselves that that was that that felt fairly empty that we started to you know uh, approach more the connection and friendship side of the lifestyle and that's where we really found our happy place but in doing so we had to come to the the realization that you know, we can't travel four or five hours every time we want to meet a friend for a drink. <laughs> we would have to do stuff in our own hometown. Mm-hmm. After 16 years, we've only run into somebody that we kind of knew once. Like, it doesn't happen often enough, I think, for people to be, A, worried about it, uh, and B, if it does happen, they're in the exact same boat you are. I mean, I think that's one of those those parts of the, the lifestyle that you don't really get until you've been in it for a while and realize that you're part of a community that all, you know, um, holds each other's secret mm-hmm. um, so closely and is such an important uh, such an important part of being in the lifestyle that we all, you know, you know, you know, if you know, and, um, anybody who doesn't know is left on the out, you know, we don't, we don't talk about it with family. We don't talk about it with vanilla friends. You know, it is a secret that we all keep and we keep for each other. And mm-hmm. it's a sort of an unspoken, um, you know, bond and agreement that we have with everybody in the lifestyle. Um, so if you run into somebody, you know, say hi, (laughs) don't run out the door and pretend that they didn't see you and you didn't see them. I mean, just own it, go up and say, hi, how you doing? I didn't know. Well, and I think we have to wonder like, why, why 
are we so afraid to run into someone that I know? Is it because we have so much shame about what we're doing? And that's a no- normal thing in the beginning. People are like, oh my God, I can't, can't tell anyone. Uh, well, and there's a privacy, lot of ways. No, no, but there's a lot. Privacy is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but like, just like on the side of shame, I think a lot of times we're like, oh my God, nobody can know because it's so shameful. And like the more that I've gone out, and I mean, I was very fundamentalist Christian. All my friends, like they knew me as this religious Christian girl, right? Um, And so of course, at first I was like, oh my gosh, if anybody finds out, like I'll lose my job, whatever. Um, one time I went to Oasis and one of my students' moms was there and I was there with a different partner, <laughs> you know, not my partner they knew me with. Right. And and I was Perfect like, story. oh my gosh. And I was like, but wait, you know, and we were literally two hours from home. It's not like it's not like it was around the corner in the same town. That was two hours away and I still ran into someone I knew. And I could have been like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. Like, what are they going to think of me? I teach their I teach their daughter singing lessons and what are they going to think of me? And then I was like, hold on. They're here too. And so yeah, if exactly. anything, we can look at it as relief. And so she texted me at the end of the weekend and she's like, Hey, it was great to see you this weekend, winky face or whatever. And I was like, it was good to see you too. And then we just knew each other's little secret thing and we held that dear, but it brought us closer. And it doesn't mean you have to be friends with the people that you see or whatever. But the thing is, you've got as much to hold over them as they have to hold over you. So like, it's only as awkward as you make it. Right. It's more of a, uh, what they don't realize is more of a bonding effect. It than, is. Um, <clears throat> than a divide, right? It is. It is. And so like, let's say you, you work with somebody. Somebody. Yeah, exactly. If you work with someone and you walk into work and you've just seen them on the weekend, you can pass by and have a little smile. It's like, only you guys know what happened on the weekend. You can't talk to the rest of your coworkers. And that's a kind of a fun little thing. You can kind of walk by and be like, okay, I know that you're not going to take me, you know, mistake my actions. Uh, if I'm a bit flirty or something, you're not going to take me as, oh, that girl's such a flirt and she's such a da, 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 da. It's like, no, you'll understand me in a different way now. I'll understand you in a different way. There's different perspective. And now we have a bit closer bond, even though we don't have to talk. You right. know, like as a community, we're very protective yes. of each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things I think we've always loved about the lifestyle is that, you know, you you meet a couple and um you are instant friends. Mm-hmm until you're not in the sense that you know you you meet somebody at a party and you're instantly you have a friendship with this this new people that you've just met it's based so on common ground love it and then you know that friendship either evolves into something more and and ongoing or it doesn't but either way the next time you saw that person you would still have the same level of friendship with them you did before you are shared uh you have a shared bond of being mm-hmm. uh a part of this community yeah. and that's something i think new couples don't understand yeah. so they are fearful of running into somebody they know and spend thousands and thousands of dollars you know going to other places 
in hopes of not running into somebody. And as you said, you drove two hours and you ran into somebody. Right. So, and, and I live, you know, I live 15 minutes now from the club and I love my family, you know, like we do things together. We have brunch or we do the, we did a polar bear dip together. Um, you know, a bunch of us and, you know, we're mixed with vanilla people and nobody knows the difference who's vanilla, who's not. Um, we can, we just have the best community and I get to just be me. I don't have to pretend. And when you get to that point, that's when you feel like, like, that's when you understand the lifestyle. You know, that's why I say you start, you think you're there for the novelty and the sex and you're like, oh, I think it's all about sex. And it's like, you don't even have to cross the back, the back room door to have the most incredible experience at the club well i think and for the club you, just specifically for the the club that you and i both enjoy mm-hmm. um we have been there uh i'm just gonna say 20 times i don't know something over like 15 years we've been there about 20 times so it's not like you know we're, we're there once or twice a year at the most mm-hmm. um i think we've been in that back play area three times Mm. maybe four total in 15 years you know it just we go we dance we Mm -hmm. you know see people we meet people you know we have a great time um but you know the sex part is a separate issue feels like the best reunion doesn't it like always it's like it's like the reunion, the fantasy reunion of like maybe the high school reunion where everybody's your friend and you just like, you're like, oh my gosh, I get to see everybody and it's so much fun. And how are you? That's like my weekend. Every time I go to the club, <laughs> I walk in and people pick me up and they're like, Girl, you know, a kiss. And, and, and like, it's just like it takes forever to get to the front of the dance floor because I'm just like seeing all my friends along the way. And it's right. like it's no, just it's, such it's a lovely. positive, really loving, is. fun environment. And, you know, even this weekend, I wasn't feeling great and I was not, you know, kissing people. And I was like, but like it was still still just as loving. Like nobody not full time. You, you were doing full time. No, it wasn't even doing lip kissing. Just church. church I was doing like, you know, the Italian French. The French and Italian kissing, not right. the French kissing. Yeah, the, the Aussie kiss. Let's just kiss. say Italian, you know, cheek to cheek. Right. You could have done the Australian kiss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a kiss down under. <laughs> I suppose that would have worked. But not in the front. That would have required no, the, the back. That would have... <laughs> Yeah, we're getting too detailed. That would have required <laughs> to go to the outback. The, to, to the outback, yes. <laughs> To go down under. Okay. Okay. Next question. Next, next we question. Are so out of time. I'm sorry, everybody. We really thought this was. Uh, am I gonna have to make two episodes of this? I don't know. Sure. Let's well, let's go for 69's another. Sixty-nine's gonna go for like. It's a two-part. It's a ninety-six. <laughs> no, we wait till ninety-six. We'll have to do that. Okay. Oh, okay. So one of the questions I had was, how do you have a conversation with a partner about playing alone? as wildly open and as honest as you could possibly be. And I think part of that um, is a scary leap because what if the answer is not what you want? 
Mm-hmm. Right. So I think the conversation is difficult because of the potential outcome, right? If uh, if you're if you're having that conversation and saying, "Look, this is what I I'd like to to start exploring," uh, and your partner says, "Absolutely not," where do you go from there? And I think that's obviously a big part of the anxiety of starting that conversation. Well, let me propose something because I think that that's that's kind of how we're trained to to bring things up is we're like, this is what I want. And then it's in someone else's hands to agree or not agree to that. Mm-hmm. And now, now where do we go from there? Yeah. So well, my- you know, as a partnership with uh, another person, it, unfortunately you do both have to kind of agree on things. Um, but what as, if the as, conversation yeah. is not about agreeing or disagreeing? Like let's, let's any conversation like this, like let's take the model that I used for like, what are your, um, your boundaries like with play or whatever, you know, it starts with me. What do I feel comfortable with? What are my desires, my intentions, my pleasures, my thoughts, my emotions. Okay. When I share that without it being the question of, can I play alone? That's completely different. So let's talk about when you have a, a situation that you need to talk about that that could potentially change things drastically. You never start with this is what I want to do. Is that okay kind of thing? Never. It's never a good place to start a conversation. The place to start the conversation is let's create a realm of fantasy. Okay. In this world of fantasy, these are the things that light me up or this would be fun. And I think that playing with someone separately could be fun for these reasons, blah, 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 blah. And I've fantasized about that and I think about that. We're not talking about it happening, okay? We must first talk about what that what that desire is there for why let's look at that together let's look at it for the other person because when we take away this conversation being a decision now we take away the barrier of like the back is up okay so we have to have a curious conversation first and that's what i would say to anybody if you want to have a conversation about anything If you want to have a conversation about trying a new food, you know, you might be like, okay, well, I really like this. And I know that that's not something you necessarily enjoy, but here's the health benefits for, and this is, this is something I'd really like to, to try. I think it would be that, but like, you're not asking for permission to try that. You're not even saying I'm going to make this. It's about exploring and being curious about what that looks like in a fantasy realm. And if you can talk about it in this realm of fantasy that is safe. Right. That so not, you, not while you're having sex. No, no. We're no. not talking about dirty talk when you're having sex. We're talking no. about actually having a conversation yes. at a point where you're not both tired, you're not both, you know, yeah. 
just and I think you know, just that- making up or whatever. You know, you're you're having a conversation about sex that's not happening during sex. Yeah. I think we need to have like these like pockets of okay, this is a this is a fantasy conversation. We're in this like desires fantasy safety bubble kind of thing. Okay. Whatever we talk about in here, it does not have to happen in order for me to be happy. It doesn't have to happen for me to feel worthy. It doesn't have to happen for you to be worthy. Nothing. This is simply an exploration conversation of why this might be. So so now your partner can freely ask, well, why would that be a turn on? Hmm. Because, you know, if, if you're not saying because I want this to happen, you're now saying, oh, why would that? Because well, it'd be exciting having someone, I, I've only experienced you, for instance, and being with someone new by myself, the idea of going on a date without you and coming home and telling you, that sounds really exciting to me. Right. The idea is sharing. You might not say that if you were like, well, I just really want to go on a date. If you're afraid that they're going to say no, you're going to come with a different projection. You're going to come with almost like a this attitude of judgment towards them before they've even said anything. Right. So if we can create this safe space, and that's why I say communication, you can communicate all you want till you're blue in the face, but if you don't have connection and safety, you're going to um, miss the boat on communication. You're not going to be able to communicate properly. And if you don't feel safe within yourself to share, like if you if you're going in with an agenda that they have to agree or it's not going to be okay, you're never going to have a, a good conversation about that. You're not because you're not willing for the answer to be no. You have to be willing to separate those two things. You have to be willing to say, this is my desire. This is what I'd love to happen. This is what turns me on. This is why, blah, 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 blah. But if that doesn't happen, I can still honor myself and I can still honor you. And then if you have the conversation and you're both understanding and and that you realize that this is something that really is something that would make or break you, that becomes a different conversation later down the line, once you've explored it. And then you get to make a decision whether this relationship is going to work or not. Right. Because I think of of any of the uh, fantasies or um, sexual ideas that you have as a couple, playing separately is probably a, the, one of the bigger bigger hurdles to get over for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, because people have I think- ideas. Well, yeah, and and I think for a lot, including us, um, and we have played separately and, and, and together, mostly together, but we have had occasion where we play separately. And one of the things that we love so much about playing together is to be able to see each other, to witness each other, to mm-hmm. share that moment. You know, we will share a look Mm-hmm. It might last five seconds. It might last, you know, 30, but we will make eye contact and know that we're both enjoying what we're doing and we're both enjoying seeing the other in that moment, having a good time. Mm-hmm. We can also see each other um, not having a good time. Mm-hmm. 
we can also, you know, check in on each other saying, okay, you know, you're not, you're not enjoying this as much as you, you know, thought you would or whatever. And you need, you need help exiting Mm -hmm. the situation. And I'm not, and not having that, you know, I think is a, is a negative for her. Um, so getting past that hurdle specifically of, of, of playing separately is, is, I think is a really, is a much bigger deal than saying, I want to, uh, you know, trying a certain type of toy or, yeah. you know, wanting to blindfold sure. you or whatever. I think it's of, of any of the things that we, uh, run into in the lifestyle playing separately is probably, uh, the largest hurdle for most to get over. So I think it's a good question because it, for sure. And the thing is, if you're in this realm of fantasy where curiosity is the goal, not coming to an answer of yes or no, hmm. curiosity about it, that allows you the opportunity to say, well, why Why would you like playing alone? And for me, I would say, because I have a lot of t- I have a hard time concentrating and getting in the moment out of my head when there's more than two people. That's a real thing for me. So I actually don't get to enjoy sex with other people. I don't get to enjoy that experience very much a lot of times because there's so much going on or I'm worried about my partner. I'm enjoying their pleasure, but I never end up feeling it in my body. So to me, I would like an experience where I can just be connect with that person and have a good conversation and then have sex separately because right. I enjoy one on one show for anybody else. Right. Either. I enjoy the one on one connection, but, but my partner already knows that one on one connection is very important to me. And that is something that we have discussed. It wouldn't be a surprise. It would be like, Oh, so it's not that you want to do something in secret without me. It's not that I'm not enough. It's not that like it changes the game when you get curious about what it is about it without taking it personally. Like, like if I assume, oh, they're asking about playing separately because I'm not enough, or they're asking about playing separately, and if I give the wrong answer, they're going to be upset with me. You can't be curious. But if the question, if it's not a question, can we play separately, we're not making a decision when we break, bring it up. That never can be the way you start a conversation with these kinds of things. It has to be sort of in this realm of fantasy bubble. Let's discuss what if. What would that look like? Why? Let's be curious. Get all that out on the table in a safe place because me asking the question or my responses make no difference to the answer because that's not what this conversation is about. And what I notice a lot with people that are are struggling with that is um, that they want their partner to play separately as well Mm -hmm. um whether they're interested in it or not um it's sort of as uh, well if uh if i do it then you you should do it too and then Mm -hmm. i'll feel better right that i'm playing on my own because you're playing on your own and uh literally that's the way some people bring it up why don't you Play with other people. I think that would be hard, but really, the ulterior motive is they want to play with other people. They want to play with. That's them. also not a way to bring it up. 
So this is my suggestion. This is what I would work with my clients on and how I would, uh, you know, and so we talk a lot about connection and creating safety. And one of the ways to create safety is first of all, being safe within yourself, meaning there's no shame and guilt about the question. There's no ulterior motive. You're coming to this discussion with a clear, um, simple, let's just explore and be curious about this thing. And this thing is just being put on the table to observe. We're not making any decisions about the thing. We're just talking about the thing. And then another conversation is, okay, now that we've talked about all that, we've been curious about that, what would be your reservations or how would you feel about that actually happening? Let's try that on for size. Right? And it's much easier to have that conversation when you've already discussed all the things around it. Right. I mean, it's kind of comes back to that, you know, uh, subjective aspect as well. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you play separately, is it okay if it's in the next room, Mm -hmm. but you're still in the same house, Mm -hmm. you're physically close, but you know, you're not, you can't can't see it. Right. Baby steps. Right. Right. Well, maybe I can be on a, just a separate bed in the same room and that's a way to start, you know, and then we can try that out. Hey, I can still see you, but I get to have my own experience without other people's bodies touching me, which is very distracting to me. Right. right. So I think knowing knowing that there's a, there can be a progression. <clears throat> absolutely. And understanding, you know, like I'm gonna go on dates that. tomorrow, right. you know? And yeah. Yeah, you, you don't need to push that limit all no. the way to the the nth degree. I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, if we're next time we're at a party. If I went in another room and made out with somebody for a little bit, yeah, and we kept our clothes on, but you know, I had the opportunity to connect with somebody intimately with a little bit of touching, a little bit of kissing on my own for a couple of minutes and came back and we talked about it. And we, you know, I we explored it together and you know, we discussed what what it felt like and so on. Is that a baby step to, well, okay, well, my clothes came off, but we, you know, it was just a soft swap action. And, you know, I think there can be a progression to that, that tests the waters for both, for both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a great question. Thank you for asking it. Um, B and, uh, I hope that that is helpful. And if you have any more um, questions about that, if you want to talk about it further, you're welcome to reach out to me and uh, we can definitely have those kinds of conversations. And again, anybody, like if you want to book a call, I do offer, you know, one-off sessions as well. I do have a six-week mentorship where we can discuss specific plans and how to create, you know, how do we create that bubble, that fantasy bubble? Because that sounds really good, but I have no idea how to do that. Um, there, there's ways to figure that out. Also the eight week program, breaking free from conformity. Um, that is also something that I'm offering now. My first couples cohort is starting this month and I'm very excited about it. So couples are doing it together rather than individuals. And I think that's going to be amazing because then they're going to leave with the same tools and the same understanding and awareness, which is going to just like, magically transform their relationships um, because it starts with two people becoming whole. And uh, that's really exciting. 
So is there any other questions? <laughs> He's slipping through the book. Flipping through com compersion conversation. Well, maybe we're going to have to have another, you know, maybe we'll just start the conversation with some compersion conversations. Maybe we could get a little panel together too. That might be fun. Or you know what? I think I think a um, a follow up uh, podcast with four or five people on at once, going through maybe five or six. Topics. Show how that works and um you know if we can if we can not talk over top of each other long enough to hear anybody's anybody's input we can uh, use the hand raising <laughs> as i cut you off as i right. cut you off yes, right you now. cut me off yes exactly <laughs> so let's let's get i think let's talk a little bit more about um your vagina and and uh and the hair oh. i think I think everyone wants to know more. The braids. I promise if I if I get braids done down there, I will <laughs> I will send you a picture. I'll have to get mine done too then. Uh, oh, man. Anyway. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so welcome. much for for bringing me back on to this and uh and having such a, a fun and silly conversation. I think we did actually accomplish a few things that we set out to I think we did actually. I had my in list a roundabout here. way. We finally got there. We did. We got to all the things. We just are uh, long winded, both of us, but that's all right because I think it was valuable conversation. We're not just shooting the shit. I think it's like real stuff that, and I don't always talk a lot about specifically the lifestyle or sexuality and how it all applies. A lot of personal growth stuff is what I talk about, but this was, I think, very practical um, for those who like 69. <laughs> For those who have been to the club 69 times or want to be right. at the club 69 times or whatever. I'm okay, let me ask a question. 16. I got a question for you then. Okay. If 69 is not your favorite, mm -hmm. because apparently the women have to do a bunch more work than the man. I just don't. I already have trouble with concentration and focus. So it's a lot for me. Apparently me just lying there on my back is uh, less less work than than what the woman has to do if that is not your favorite what is your favorite position okay let me just before i answer that let's just reverse this a second okay <laughs> all right i'm on my back now right good luck with that i get to sit there as you dip in and out of my mouth okay all right and then you have to hold your arms and you have to get in a position where you can reach my parts and you know keep your head up and your neck's not getting too sore because it's not being you know coddled by a pillow so just imagine that for a minute is I that am. As fantastic okay we'll see well why are oh, then you get to be on top <laughs> the difference the difference mm. i think jokes aside i think the difference is as a woman you can you can ride somebody's face, you know, to a degree without suffocating the poor guy. But True. right, whereas uh, obviously with a guy on top, one, uh, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I'm obviously much heavier than you are. Um, that's a lot of weight to 
either have directly on top of you or to hold I mean, on. I'm hoping you're going to use those knees because I use the knees. Right. So, I mean, oh. there's only one way to find out. We're going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> how did. We'll I, have to I take turns. going to happen. But you do want to know what my favorite is? What is your favorite? Um, Like, it depends if it's like if I want to come or not. But usually, like, riding on top, gently riding and rocking. So, yeah, not that I'm not the like, uh, get on my feet and like bounce up and down. Like, I, I die that my, th- my thighs are not made for that right now. So, um, yeah, that one, no. Although, that's the preferred one for a lot of men when they're on their back and, and the woman's on top, like the cowgirl or the reverse cowgirl, blah, blah. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. So, me, as it's like, you know, kind of boring for the guy but i really like it so there you go i don't know i i find it hard to believe that having a naked woman on top of you riding your dick is boring all right well, i don't know I mean, what level of excitement you need in your life but that sounds pretty amazing so i think right. i think you're good i think you're good all right all right well there you go it's all about the view and whatever else fantastic <laughs> So now everybody knows way too much about me. This yes. is the thing, right? When I walk into the club sometimes and there's people that listen to my podcast, they're like, oh my God, Green, how are you? I listen to your podcast. And I'm like, oh shit, how much do you know about me? Well, I don't do have you to find, explain do you find everything. You're getting re- do you find you're getting more recognized now? Oh after, yeah. After 69 episodes? Yeah. Or do you feel like you are getting to be... No, yeah, people actually bring their friends up to me at the club sometimes now. And they're like, oh, my God, I told them about your podcast. Look, this is Corrine. This is her. This is the girl who I was telling you about Fantastic. who you listen to. And they're like, they're like, oh, and I'm like, oh, shit. What do you know about me? <laughs> you know, my religion, my background, my family, my dynamics, like your favorite what position. you know, my favorite positions. That I like light touch, what my erotic blueprint is, where I like to travel, what kind of people I'm into, what my community. Yeah. So you know a lot about me. So I, I mean, that just makes it easier for them to get to know me, I guess. Like we can just bypass all the like, so what's your style? What are you into? Right. No, nothing left. <laughs> what are to your talk boundaries? About? Absolutely nothing left to talk about. Well, they know, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're like, okay, I'm not even going to try if, I, if I'm not cuddly. So she has to be able to cuddle, have an intelligent conversation, be a good kisser. So at least they know those three things about me off the get-go. So I don't get a lot of really bad kissers anymore because, you know, my podcast. No, I'm just You weeded them all out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. We could go all day. So I'm going to, like, force us off here because um, it's been almost, like, two hours. Well, we've been on the phone since nine, so yeah. Whoops! And it is almost one o'clock, so just folks, uh, you got a short version. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of my sex tape. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, well, right. can you send us a link of how to buy your Compersion Conversations book on Amazon, yeah. and I'll put Amazon. that in the show notes. That's uh, so send that to me today because this episode comes out tomorrow. So yeah, we love to live on the edge here um, at the uh, Breaking Free Authentically. <laughs> right. Yeah. So 
I mean, I'll, I'll do my, my quick final plug conversion conversations, uh, available on amazon.ca and the sip stripper smooch, uh, card game, lifestyle card game, icebreaker card game, um, which I mean, you yes. kissing and stripping and drinking, um, you know, and just so many laughs. Uh, well, and if you is, want to see my boobs with cards. And if you want to see Corinne's boobs, www.sipstripsmooch.com. <laughs> Sipstripsmooch.com. And you never and, know. And you'll get to see Corinne's uh, um, cleavage minimum. I, you might you might be able to engage in 69 while playing Sip, Strip, Smooch. You never know. You know, it's not one of the cards, but I think we should add it. Oh, definitely now. Oh, ooh. <laughs> the, um, you know, limited edition card pack is going to have some uh, Karinisms in there. Yeah, it's going to be for professionals only. <laughs> professionals only. Seasoned. <laughs> not Seasoned the be- pros only. Not yeah. the beginner pack. Yeah, the acrobatic oh, You know what? You also need like a bucket list deck of cards. Oh, that's a great idea, actually. We need to talk because okay. those who are bucket list people can 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 play sip strip smooch the bucket list version, right? And then they can get a lot of those things checked off their list right there. It's gonna at the be party. a it's gonna be a nasty night. <laughs> <laughs> what a, we find what we found DTF most times bucket games, list version. Yeah. I you think they'll, be serious. yeah, if it's a bucket list version, they're going to get through like three hands of the game and then the game will be pushed aside because no one's going to be looking but to. It uh, has served its purpose. Well, then it has. It has served its purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And that would usually we, be more we get to play for a half an hour, 45 minutes before, you know, we're pushing it aside. But isn't know. your little thing more fun than a bucket of dildos or it's more, more fun than a bag of dildos? Bag of dildos. Although. True story. We did did give a friend a bag of dildos for Christmas, and I think she had more fun with that. So you might have to maybe it's that false slogan. advertising. Mm. <laughs> well, it depends who's playing, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, I love you, and thank you so much for being here. And thanks, Grant. We're gonna do this again soon. So, cheers. Okay, have a great day. Bye. Okay, so there you have it. That is episode 69. It was a long one, but it was worth it, wasn't it? I thought it was worth it. I didn't want to cut anything because it was just a lot of fun. I hope that you learned a lot today. There's a lot of things we talked about that I haven't talked about in a long time or haven't talked about yet. So if you really wanted a little bit of a instructional or... A, a deeper dive into specifics in the lifestyle, at the club, how to have conversations. All of that juicy stuff is in this episode, along with some humor. And you probably learned a lot about me that, uh, well, that you maybe wanted to know. I I don't know. But maybe you can relate. Maybe you've been thinking those things but wouldn't dare to say them out loud like I did. Uh, But, you know, again, all about authenticity. This is how I roll. This podcast is actually such a great way to show what the lifestyle is like, the people, the connections that you make. Topher and I have known each other virtually for 
almost 10 years now. And we never met in person till this year. And we just hit it off as great friends right away. And that is my life. Those are the kind of friendships that I have in my world on a regular basis. How fun is that? This is how free it feels. You can have conversations about literally anything, including braids and beads on hair that should never have braids and beads. But there you have it. We can laugh and joke about all kinds of things. Nothing's off limits. And I love that because I don't have to filter what I say. And we don't have to have shame about our thoughts. It's really just fun and personable and authentic and intelligent at the same time. Like, what an informative, intelligent conversation, as well as having fun. That's what I love. These are my people. This is my family, as I like to say. And so I hope that you get confidence listening to this, realizing that who you are deep down matters. And there's zero shame about who you are, what your desires are, who you want to be, who you want to hang out with, what your preferences are, how you want to play, what conversations you want to have with your partner. All of it is permissible. You get to really talk about this stuff. Bring it in this realm of fantasy. Enjoy talking about it before making any decisions about it. It's such a good way and safe way to have these conversations without anybody getting their back up. Be curious. All these conversations have to be shrouded in curiosity. If you don't, you're asking for trouble because we all have wounds. We all have trauma of some sort, some worse than others. And when you Ask direct questions without kind of having the the curious, fun part behind exploring the topic. Many people just get their backs up and we never can have a safe conversation about it. And we get frustrated. We get resentful with our partners. We get resentful with our friends. We get resentful with ourselves because we're busy shaming ourselves for even wanting something because we don't know how to bring it up. So let's be curious. Let's talk about things. Let's talk about things that are taboo in a way that's just explorative and fun and curious. Get curious. Have fun. Try 69. Tell me if you enjoy it or if you're like me. To be honest, I was looking at some pictures of 69 for this cover photo, and it's really hard to find anything that's going to be permissible to post. But it made me perhaps rethink my thoughts on 69, so maybe I'll report back. Maybe I'll do some experimenting and uh, let you know how it goes. Or not. Just keep it to myself. We'll see. Anyways, that's the fun of being a podcast host, is you get to decide. Sometimes on a whim, because, you know, again, authenticity is my thing. I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad you listened to this conversation and stuck it through. If you made it to the end, yay, good for you. Uh, I I think that we made the end worth it for you. 
Remember, I will put the link to Compersion Conversations in the show notes for you. And I also just want to remind you that I have opened up my program, my eight-week program, Breaking Free from Conformity, to have couples cohorts now as well. And so I have one spot left, only one, in the January cohort. So please book a call right away, reach out to me, whatever, and let me know if you're interested in that last spot before it goes. I want to keep the cohorts fairly small and intimate so that it is easier to have conversations. Uh, Right now, if you're in the lifestyle and you want a little bit more empowerment in your relationship and are struggling to have these conversations are struggling to own your desires and your fantasies. You don't know quite how to ask the questions. You're not sure what you want even sometimes. You're struggling with setting boundaries. Uh, Maybe you're struggling with some parts of your sexuality, your openness. Whatever it may be, we can help. This program will help with those things, I absolutely promise you. So if that's you, you will definitely fit this cohort very, very well. So please reach out ASAP so that you can be a part of that. If you have any other questions, please put them in the Facebook group or email me or DM me, however you want to get a hold of me. I really appreciate your feedback. I appreciate your messages, your love, everything. So as I always say, When it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have an amazing week and go 69. Try it out. Love you all. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.